Hello clinicians and hello my peers. We are back for yet another episode of the Becoming Healers podcast with me, your host, Lerato. I'm so excited to delve into another conversation about what it means to become a healer under this topic and theme of something must die. If you have not been with us for the past two episodes, I want to remind you of a few traditions that we are keeping here on the podcast that you might want to become familiar with. First and foremost is that we start each episode with a shout out. And what's unique about these shout outs is that you, yes, you, the audience, get to be involved. All you have to do is send me a voice note on the number 66 3302 sharing about colleagues or a colleague or a team that have made the past week extra special for you or past period extra special for you shout them out celebrate them the point and the purpose of the segment is to really start to cultivate an atmosphere and environment where we celebrate each other and we're celebrating and acknowledging and appreciating each other becomes normal. So this week, unfortunately, I did not receive shout outs from you, but that does not mean I have run out of ways to appreciate and thank you, the professionals of the sector. I have two shout outs this week. The first goes out to my girl, Dr. Peter Ann Brown, the founder of the Ward Works app. Just want to celebrate her for how she has pioneered as a clinician innovator, making waves and making sure that the doctors who've come behind her don't have to experience some of the challenges she has had as an intern herself. She has ensured that the book that she created called The Internship Organizer not only lands in the hands of every intern in the country, but went ahead and made sure that she digitizes that tool. So absolutely well done to her, to the team of doctors who've been supporting her in doing it, and obviously to the cool people who are developers who brought this idea forth as an app. And the second shout out I'd like to give out is to each and every one of you who has diligently served us during this COVID-19 pandemic. It probably feels um, impersonal and a bit labored, but truly speaking, thank you all so much from one clinician to another for all the work that you guys have been doing in terms of working and serving for the South African population. I know thank you and well done are not words that come often or easy. And I'm truly hoping that for many of you, that has changed in your context and in your environments. But thank you all so much for how you have diligently served South African healthcare, how you have served people, how you have served patients. And I truly hope that as we near the the, the end of our second wave, that the introduction of vaccines means less sickness for all of us as healthcare professionals and better control of this virus but thank you for how you have shown up so faithfully and so diligently all these weeks and that closes our affirmation segment if you would like to send an affirmation in our next podcast for a feature please feel free to use the number I shared before, that's 066-246-3302. Simply send me a text or a WhatsApp just detailing who you want to celebrate and why, and we will feature that on our next podcast episode. Ladies and gentlemen, today I have the privilege and the honor of introducing you to my next guest. I will be having a discussion with two incredible clinicians, Matt and Ryan, the founders of the Docs in Slops movement. Currently, this is an online platform that we can engage on 
social media, particularly Instagram, and they really serve the purpose of trying to simplify healthcare for clinicians, making sure we're empowered with simple solutions that help us make serving patients better. An absolutely warm welcome to my guests on today's episode, Matt and Ryan. Thank you for joining me, Matt and Ryan. Welcome to the second season of Becoming Healers. Please, can you just greet the people and tell us a little bit, a little bit about who you are and what you're currently doing? Okay, I'll take us away there. Um, so Matt and I are from Docs and Slops. To give you a little bit about what we are and who we are and what we're about, essentially, we're looking to simplify healthcare, um, particularly in South Africa, through various different means. Um, whether it be through electronic pl- platforms. Um, and one of the things that we would like to do is to improve the healthcare morale, um, particularly for the healthcare workers. And one of the reasons to do this is in order to get better outcomes for our patients. Um, we think that some of our systems are slightly outdated and can be impro- improved upon a little bit. And f- for that reason, Um, We think that often we spend a lot of time fighting the system and that can be very debilitating and very depressing um, because we've trained so hard to spend our time helping and healing patients and we spend this valuable time fighting the system and, um, you know, doing things that we we hadn't really expected to do. Um, So Docs and Slops is set about to try and um, solve systematic areas in healthcare. Um, and systematic problems. And there's a couple of different ways in which we've looked at doing this. And we'll expand a little bit on that a bit later. Um, But one of the fantastic things that we've learned through starting Docs and Flops is that there's a heap of other people out there and a lot of like-minded professionals who have also noticed these systems and have also set about in ways to, to improve on the systems. And I think one of the great things that it's done for us is it's encouraged us to believe that there is actually solutions out there um, and there are ways to fight the system and um, come out on top. So I can pass on to Matt. Uh, Matt can give you a little bit more of a background on us um, and where we all started. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, it was, it's always a, a great thing when we chat to people. I always know Ryan's going to speak first. Ryan knows the borderline pressure of speech when it comes to healthcare systems. It really is great. Ryan and I started off um, in school together in Boxburg on the East Rand. Um, it's kind of like the... I, 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 I personally believe it's, you know, it's like um, the, the cradle of humankind. Um but it, it, is, it, it was such an amazing experience uh, growing up with Rhino. We played a lot of sports together. He was one grade ahead of me um, at school. Played a lot of crickets, a lot of golf together. Um, went through a lot of initiations. <laughs> um, and just had a lot of fun together. Then we were in varsity together as well. Uh, Rhino was one year ahead studying medicine. Um, and we got together as flatmates as well. So we got to spend a great five years uh, living, with, living with Ryan. We had an amazing time. Um, and it was really a lot of dinner time chats. I mean, we, I think, I think we, we did a, a fair amount of healthcare system proposals in, in our medicine, probably, probably more discussing healthcare systems than, than studying the course. Um, we, <laughs> wow. we, would get, we would get back and make supper and sit and have supper for about three hours because... We would just sit and discuss something that happened that day and 
you know, either like praise the system or be like, or tear a system to shreds and couldn't wreck our brains over, you know, like how in 2019 or 2020, mm. we still, we still doing this, you know, like absolutely. And then by the time it was time to study, we were like, no, we're too tired. We've discussed systems for four hours now. It's time to go to bed. <laughs> so, so, so yeah, in our, in our internship, you know, we encountered all these systems a lot more. Um, and we've kind of decided that, you know what, it's, it's time to stop discussing. It's time to start putting things into action. Um, and talk and ideas will only get you so far and will only give mm -hmm. you so much, so much morale boost. It's time to, to now start making a change and to whether, it, and, and it's not, and it's not that talk isn't important. Like um, it's, it's, I mean, Pod, podcasts and everything are extremely important in getting out information and that's mm. that's the thing it's just about getting involved having these types of conversations and not just having it around the around the dinner table um so good sure that's yeah, so so, amazing so thank you Lerato. we and we appreciate us being on this platform with you and yeah we're really so excited to share this experience with you and your experience with us as well <laughs> Thank you so much for that incredible introduction from both of you. You both said such important things. And one thing that I heard come up quite strongly was this idea of fighting the system. And uh, I think it was you, Matt, who put it so beautifully that, you know, there had to come a point where you transitioned from the speaking to the doing. Now, this season of Becoming Healers is titled Something Must Die, because we at YoungMD truly feel that in order to become healers, there's, a, there's an evolution that needs to take place. Our premise for the idea of becoming healers is this thought that university medical school definitely prepared us to be healers at the bedside but the healthcare system we are facing today requires us to be so much more and there's a process that needs to happen and that, pro that process is about empowering ourselves as a clinician group with the tools and the assets that medical school doesn't give us so that we can propel and move forward and take the sector to where we want it to be and one of the ways we do that was tools and the tool we're unpacking is perspective and you guys have shared on a perspective about fighting the system that I think is quite powerful. Can you help us understand what it took for you to change from just talking to doing? What fueled the decision and how did you go about starting? Because I think that's where a lot of people also get stuck is what does it look like to start? How do I actually do that? Sure, that's, that's a very interesting one, actually. Um, there's a couple of thoughts that come to mind. Um, Matt and I had discussed it, I think, especially as soon as I went into internship, um, I took a few blows along the way. I started in internal medicine, then went to surgery and then to OBS and Ghani. Um, and initially, th those three rotations are very heavy rotations. Um, and I think at that point, I probably got most fed up with the system um, in, in all the time of my medical career. And I had actually just proposed to my wife at the start of um, internship. And we got married in August, um, August 2019. And part of um, what triggered the, the get-go is we had, Matt and I had discussed the idea of ducks and slops somewhat and had always been very system solutions orientated. Um, but Bronwyn, my wife, um, who's very much part of the ducks and slops team as well, um, started the social media platform and um, pushed us to say, you know what, you guys have got a good thing going um go for it like really just give it a go 
And I think to, to have a catalyst or to have that first stepping stone was really important to us. Um, and I think once we started seeing the ball rolling, um, we started realizing that there was big differences that we could make and lots of benefits that um, we could make by, by trying to change the system, by taking on the system. Um, and I think one of the other things that we've noted to be really important is that it isn't really, Docs and Slops is not us taking on the system. Um, it's, it's about us sharing the idea to take on the system with everybody else. Um, and I think we hope to be that part of that catalyst too, it's for others to see that you can take that first step. And then after taking that step, everything becomes slightly easier. Um, and the only reason that we've been able to do that is also by seeing various others um, doing that along the way. Um, we've been very fortunate to have been in touch uh, through the Docs and Slops platform with, with a bunch of other um, entrepreneurs, innovators, um, renegades, <laughs> um, people that have decided to take on the system. Um, one of those that comes to mind is Peter Ann Brown. Um, she's the, yes. one of the founders of Wardworks. Um, and it's been fantastic to be in touch with somebody that's so forward thinking and so energetic and willing to take on and create um, system solutions. So, yeah, I think in summary, um, <laughs> what Bron was one of the big stepping stones for us. Um, in she created that stepping stone by creating the social media platform and saying, listen, now you've got to give, us, give me the content so that we can keep it going. Um, and that was where our page initially started. Um, but the idea of Docs and Slops really started at the dinner table um, in our flat during the varsity years. Um, and it was during, yeah, after one or two beers and a very long dinner that we had decided, no, we actually, we're going to do something to um, change the system. Um, so that's such a powerful response, Ryan. I don't know if Matt wants to add anything to it. Right. Um, yeah, Ryan has got such a, you know, it's like poetry. When both of you guys speak, you know, it's just, it, sounds, it sounds like you're pitching, you know, this talk to Cyril Ramaphosa. It's like, you know, this is, this, it sounds like we're in the, in the, in the, in the ministry at the moment, you know, <laughs> pitching these things. It's so amazing. I love listening to you guys talk. Um, no, I think, I think Rana hit the nail on the head. Um, and it is, um, just to put it bluntly, like we were tired of being the Broadcasting Complaints Commission. You know, no one cares, you know, like you got to start caring, you got to start doing, you know, it doesn't, like, this is not, you can't just go, go complain to the manager and things happen. <laughs> you not, you didn't get a cold coffee at your local coffee shop, you know, this is people's lives, it's a healthcare system, mm. it's, a, it's a sector that's absolutely so fundamental to human nature, never mind just to our economy. Um, you know, like things need to be done. And yeah, that was, that kind of hit the, like we got, it strips you down to your very core. And I think that's kind of the catalyst that we got is that, and exactly what everything that Rhino said is, you kind of get the shock where you're like, you know what, we, we, we need to start doing something. We don't know what, we don't know what journey, it, you know, we've got nothing, nothing's, nothing's perfectly planned out. Um, you know, there's, okay. there's no, there's no 40 year plan, but we can take the next best step at any moment. Um, and like Rana, I think if you want to tell the, the, the starfish story, that's like, that's like such a big thing for us, for the systems, you know, it's, it's not, it's not that everything that, you know, you don't need to create a world-class software for healthcare professionals overnight to mm. make it 
to, to make a difference. You know, it can it, it, it needs to start on an individual level. Hundred percent. Um. So the story of the starfish is actually one of our first posts on Instagram, and I have to be honest, I can't um attribute to who the who first said the story right in the beginning, but it goes something along the lines of there's a little girl that's walking along the beach with her grandfather. And she sees a starfish lying in the stand and picks it up and throws it back into the ocean. And the grandfather looks down to the little girl and says to her, but I see your, your good intention. But if you look up and look along the shoreline, there's thousands and thousands of starfish. You know, what, what difference did you actually make? And she says to him, yes, granddad, but remember the difference that I made for that one. And mm. I think that for us was, was also a very big driving factor. And um, we realized that although we might not change the system entirely um, or even change it in a way that might be noticeable to everybody, if we can change it for those one or two patients and everybody starts thinking the same. Um, and imagine you have a beach lined with healthcare workers all throwing starfish back. Imagine the difference then that you can make. And oh, I think that that's really been central to, to our belief. Um, as I said before, it's, it's certainly not about us. It's about um, rekindling the, the healing powers of our healthcare system um, and allowing the healers to be exactly that, healers. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that really is um, key to, to um, what we'd like to spread and, and what we stand for and where, where we began. Sure. This is like I'm <laughs> speechless. Uh, you guys have said such powerful things and you're also such nice guests to interview because I literally <laughs> just, <laughs> I don't have to say a lot, which is lovely. Um, but more importantly, the things that you're saying truly resonate with the ethos of what it means for us to become healers. Can I, can I ask a question, particularly as it pertains to the, the impact that COVID-19 has had on exposing um, even more the challenges of the system. How has this pandemic and having to navigate being a clinician and a change agent, an innovator, um, affected uh, your perspective? And, and what are some of the, the perspective you, you have, perspectives you had to protect or choose to hold on to, to be able to execute um, this vision in the way you'd like to see it executed? I, I, think, I think the thing with, with COVID is it's, it's exposed a lot in our systems, what works and what doesn't. Um, I also think specifically COVID has stripped us down to our most raw, human, vulnerable form. Um, as healthcare professionals, as patients, you know, like I think sometimes you could, it's easy to get onto the cloud that you're invincible, that, you know, that mm. the sun's good, the sun, you know, the sun's going to set and you're going to get up the next day and do X, Y, and Z. Um, I think COVID has kind of made us realize, or from, from my side, from my perspective, has made me realize the importance of each day um, and that it's about taking, taking everything one step at a time, appreciating what, um, everything that you do on a, on a daily basis and taking a step back and being like, you know what, it's, it's another day. Um, and you got, through, <laughs> you got through another day and there's so much to be appreciated. Um, from, from the, like, emotional pressure of the pandemic um like i can only say now the going into the the psych wards every day our psych wards here are right next to um respiratory infectious ward mm. and basically every single morning that i've gone into the psych wards there is a 
a few um, a funeral service or undertakers collecting bodies like in a, in a trailer um, outside our respiratory infectious ward. It's 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 something unreal. Um, and yeah, like it, it made it's I don't know. It, it's it's made it even more what we were saying earlier, like to have, to make sure that the change does come into effect and that we are catalysts for change. Mm. Um, I think I think COVID, as much as it's increased the time pressure on us as clinicians, I think it's increased the drive um, for us to do something about about whatever we're passionate about in life, you know, and mm -hmm. that goes for 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 everyone you know it's it's not but whatever whatever your passion is whatever that your fire is i think covid has given people that push you know mm. um i can almost liken it to the same as when you know when when someone rebounds after losing a limb or after being diagnosed with a terminal disease and they find a, a different you know it flicks switches in your brain that that can't be flicked in other ways and i think for I think COVID has flicked a certain switch in a lot of people's brain, and that's it is. There's life is short, and you got to you got to change things now. There's no waiting for ten years. You know, your ten years might not come. So I think the impact that COVID's had is impacting on the drive and the motive um, for the people around us, and for us as docs and slops to get back into it and to make it, and to make a difference. I, I completely agree with that, Matt. Um, I think the for me it's been very interesting that um, when when you push the system to its limits, it often exposes the vulnerabilities and the um, the frailties of the system and and the um, areas of weakness in the system. And I think in some ways, COVID has highlighted some of the weaknesses in our system and exposed them even more than they were exposed previously. And I think we have to use this opportunity to acknowledge those weaknesses. But I also think that in some ways it has also exposed the strengths and um, the strength of our healthcare workers to, to be able to unite against the common cause. Um, and I think it has also made us as healthcare workers acknowledge our mortality and acknowledge that whilst we are healthcare workers and healers, we, we also are patients. And mm. I think for so many of us, as much as we've been um, doctors during COVID, we've also been patients. Um, and I speak for both Matt, Matt and I, both of us um, contracted COVID last year and for, we're very fortunate not to have to be hospitalized. Um, but it certainly does highlight um, the fact that, you know, you can be on both sides of the table um, and it does highlight your mortality and um, I think being able to interact with the system also from the patient side um, is an important reminder of, of what effect you're trying to create. Um, I think it's always important. It's because of having family members, loved ones, um, people that you know who have had COVID and have dealt with the system. I think it highlights for us the importance of treating every patient as if they were your family member, your loved one. Um, and I think in that way, as much as COVID has been such a terrible thing and, and a war, um, it's also something that's going to allow us to grow going forward and going to allow us to make changes that are necessary to make an even stronger, even more fruitful health, healthcare system. Sure.
I just first want to say thank you to both of you just for um, your willingness to be vulnerable about what that has meant for you personally um, and also for how you are continuing to show up in the midst of such a challenging time. Um, as you both were speaking, you know, I just started to think about what wounds might be in the way for, for healthcare workers who who truly want to find themselves in positions where they can innovate and they can participate, but but just don't don't know how to do that. I want to challenge you guys with the question. Um, is and the question is if you if you thought about your peers and the people around you, I think we would be able to say that the majority of people haven't necessarily taken on the role of innovating and actively becoming change agents. Matt, you alluded to something um, regarding this when when you said you know um, there's just no time. You don't have ten years to wait. I personally like to say no one is coming to save you. Um, like no one is the people who mm. broke you. Are not on their way to fix you and that's a yeah. harsh, like that's a harsh reality we as clinicians must accept is that the people who broke the system whomever they are they are <laughs> not on the way to fix it and so for those people who have wounds in the way um your peers your colleagues who who almost sometimes sit back with that well it's not my problem complex what would be your encouragement to them because like you said you know we need if everybody stood on this on the shorelines and threw their starfish that's a lot less work for all of us. Um, what does it look like for, for us to encourage those people who feel like they don't have the capacity? I think um, initially the, the first step to, to addressing that is finding out from those people why do they not feel like they have the capacity. And I think very sadly in our system, um, I think traditionally it, it is a very hierarchical, patriarchal, um, dogmatic system where there's somebody superior to you and that person is the boss and what they say you do and uh, and so it goes down from the top and it's a very top-down approach um, which has the odd benefit but in general is very detrimental and I think we we have to first acknowledge that we come from a system where that traditionally might have been the thought set and, and all the mindset and we have to show people that that's not necessarily the case anymore. Um, and if it is the mindset or the, the structure in any particular organization or in any particular um, hospital or, or whatever it may be, then we have to slowly take the steps to, to break down that um, structure. And I think one of the things that we can do is that anybody, social media um, and the internet has created a lovely open space where you can create whatever structure you feel fit. Um, and I think that's really fantastic in that you're able to experience an environment outside of your, um, outside of your work environment. And that can allow you then to, to acknowledge any, any issues that you have in your work structure. Um, and then slowly start to explore the creativity and different structures. And I think ultimately that allows us to strive towards a different healthcare system. Um, one in which everybody's opinion is equally valued and looked after. Um, and one in which the patient is put first, I think, for, for us, that's mm. first and foremost. And I think slowly, slowly with that sort of mindset and one step at a time, one starfish at a time, um, we can change the system in that way. Um, and I think as soon as people start seeing examples of other people who have done just that, it Good. makes it easier and easier to, mm. to explore your ideas and your visions. 
Um, and I think Ducks and Flops has been incredible for us in that way, and that we've seen so many other people who have taken on such incredible innovations. And we've realized that there is so much more out there than just the broken system. We, we also did a review on the Vula app, um, which has been an incredible initiative mm. in South Africa to aid referral from, from hospital to hospital. Mm. Um, and there's so many other systems and so many other young doctors out there who have really made great steps um, into making the system a, a more effective one. Sure. I love that. Um, Matt, anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I, I think um, Rana hit the nail on the head there, as always. <laughs> right, so you can see, this is why our supper time was like four hours. <laughs> we just eat each other on in terms of systems. And then, you know, like it just all of a sudden it's 10 o'clock at night and, you know, you're only going to get seven hours sleep. <laughs> and this is why we never got any studying done. But um, yeah, no, I, 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 do, I do think in terms of like people that are demotivated, I, I think, or, or that feel like they can't change the system. Every, every single person has their own fire, has their own spark. Mm. You know, none of us were created in the same way. Not every intern, you know, you don't, you don't act as what your profession is, you know, in a sense. Like, it's not like you stamp your stamp at the end of each, at, at each thing or at the end of seeing each patient and it says intern. It, yeah. says, it says your name, you know, like, you got. You need to put your own. You need to put your own stamp on things. And exactly what Rhino said. We are. What separates us from other mammals is the abstract thinking and creativity. And mm. that's the thing is, you just got to find what your fire is. You got to find that spark. You got to find what your own stamp is. And you know, like it's not. It's not about. Or for some people, it's about being the best possible clinician. For some people, mm. it's about treating the patients in the best possible way. You know, maybe it's, for some people, it's about making sure every patient laughs in a consult, you know, <laughs> like despite, <laughs> despite the fact that they've had this horrendous rash for two years. <laughs> like that's, it, everyone needs to just know what, or like no, not know, but discover their own stamp and realize that their own stamp is important. And it's not about... It's not about fitting into the system, but about creating your own system. And it's not about, you know, and, and, and finding, finding your own fire and finding your own way of, of doing things. And it's not about reinventing a, a whole new public health care system. You know, it's about, it starts with you as a person. It starts with introspection. It starts with taking a step back from yourself, looking at your, your own self, how you treat patients, the kind of patients you're dealing with and how you can make things better and i'm telling you once you once you change that once you just change your own patient interactions yo then you find your fire then you find how you can change the system um and in 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 a, in a different way you know and and that's the thing it's about just throwing in that first starfish then you then you then you then you're on a roll then you're on a roll sure you guys complement each other so well. <laughs> like I can see why <laughs> the both of you have chosen to do this together because you complement each other so well. And together you make this like um, yin and yang that speaks to, to, to the whole individual in such a powerful way. Matt, uh, Matt you reflected on, on, on the, the personal um, steps that people have to take and Ryan spoke so 
so powerfully on what it looks like for for in a for lack of a better term for teams um to acknowledge yeah. themselves for leaders to acknowledge themselves so that we can move forward in a way that actually helps the entire healthcare system and you both have constantly echoed just how it's really in the small things there's a quote um that by by somebody who, who's that I'm just thinking on as you guys are speaking which is you are ridiculously responsible for yourself like um mm. Sure. You really are ridiculously responsible for yourself. And I think in many ways, healthcare professionals um, may have lost that in, in that we, we are ridiculously responsible for people. And it's so easy for us to forget um, the, the personal responsibility we have in the midst of, of creating um, and defining the system however people experience it, however we experience it. And I want to thank you so much for how you guys have chosen to show up. But that also helps me um, ask one of my favorite, favorite, favorite questions, because I think this also takes a level of introspection. And that is, what is your hope for South African healthcare? Rana, take it away, bro. <laughs> Matt's waiting for you. <laughs> I, I, I always speak second out of respect, you know. <laughs> <laughs> my, my, my Matt, this is not a patriarchal person. system or a hierarchical system. There's no, no, no respect no, look, needed. <laughs> no, look, I think I, I, had, I had behind the five concussions uh, I took in, in varsity rugby. <laughs> it takes a, bit of, takes a bit more processing power. You, are, you got like a, you got like an Intel i9 processor. I'm like, you know, one of those like R3s for it. A gold mix, you know. <laughs> no, no, fair enough. <laughs> uh, I think, I think, um, in terms of our hope for the South African healthcare system, I think as a South African population, we have such an incredible mix of people with such incredible um, passion and love for each other. Um, I've just recently moved to Zanin to Limpopo. Um, initially, it wasn't the the first choice or the fifth choice really on my com service application and i've just started a rural com serve mm. and i've been absolutely awestruck by the support and the teamwork that i've experienced at dr cn patuli hospital in limpopo um i'd go as far as to say it's it's rekindled a fire and a belief in the south african healthcare system that i had that had really begun to dwindle, um, that, that I'd really struggled with during internship. And um, that's not to say the entire internship was all tough and, and all terrible, but there were some really dark moments. And my belief and hope for the South African healthcare system in the future is that we are able to embrace the spirit of Ubuntu and the spirit of South African culture that makes us so unique and so strong. Um, I think mm -hmm. in terms of sport, I think we're an incredible nation in terms of sport and we do so well against such strong competitors. And I think that we could equally do just that in healthcare. I think we are faced with so many challenges, so many um, difficulties. In med school, we taught about the quadruple burden of disease um, and it's, it's made mm -hmm. out to be this thing that is you know, we're facing adversities and challenges more than any other nations in the world. Yet we still manage to continue and work as a team. And I think that by embracing that, we can genuinely become world leaders, not necessarily to say that we will have the most wealthy or the most powerful or the most successful statistical healthcare system in the world. 
but I really do believe that we can become world leaders in terms of um, the teamwork and what we manage to achieve with the resources that we have. And my belief is that we need to do this through systems and through rectifying um, challenges that we face with our systems one step at a time. Um, how to do that, that's definitely something that um, we need to work on at very many different levels and something that, uh, you know, we could go into the discussion of NHI and we could go into many discussions in that regard. Um, mm. But essentially what, what I'd like to say most importantly on that in, in just in terms of my points of view is that we have to keep the team spirit and the spirit of, of the country working together at the core of that. Um, and, and that's really what we, what we have that's so unique and so special um, from the very little bit of experience that, that I have so far. Sure. Matt, your hope for South Africa can help me? Yeah, I mean, I, I fully back everything that Rana says and, and uh, I absolutely love it. Like it, it really it echoes a lot with everything that we stand for. Um, I think I think to add to what Rhino is saying as well, like to I mean, docs and slops is about simplifying healthcare, and I'm going to keep this answer very simple. And it's just about my my hope for South African healthcare is that the back we can we can make the for me a system is a is a coefficient, and you know it's it's x is the input, y is the output, and the system is the coefficient. For me, it's about can, how good can we get that coefficient so that we, you know, X can equal the maximum Y. And for me, to, to put it simply, it's literally about how much back-end admin can we simplify and limit our time spending on so that we can actually engage with our patients. Instead of spending 25 minutes writing forms and five minutes engaging with the patients, you know, how, how much can we limit that so that we can actually ask a patient, how are you doing? How is your family? How is your mom? How have you been coping? You know, and that, that's my goal for, for South African, or our goal for South African healthcare is that we can, we can simplify the system to the point that we can actually engage as humans with, with, with people on a, on, a, on a completely personal level and become personally involved in people's lives and not just separated as doctor and patient or healthcare professional and patient. Um, and the, sec the second thing for our goal is that I think a lot of healthcare professionals are so burnt out, <clears throat> so emotionally and mentally torn and feel that, you know, that life starts outside of 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. You know, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. is like a, like a dread problem, a dread disease, it's a robot job. You know, you get in there, you do your thing, laughs, mm. you know, you start, you start living like a human outside of that. And I think our goal for South African healthcare is that life is about the 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. You know, that you don't feel like you're not living between 8 a.m. to 4 p.m., that you're making a difference, that you're putting fire into other people's hearts. You know, it's, it's, it's something that we see constantly on WhatsApp statuses, everyone's talking about where every intern is talking about what they're doing outside of medicine, you know, and, and, that, yeah. that, and that's, you know, which is, which is so important, but like, you know, you, mm. you, you, you cannot deny the fact that you, you, you're living life 16 hours a day, 
you know, mm. like it needs, life is 24 hours a day. And I think we want the system to work so well that clinicians feel that they're living 24 hours a day and not just 16. 100%. I love it. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I think I, I, in my head, what I heard while you guys were speaking was, you guys want Ubuntu for Abantu, which means humanity for mm. humans. Yes, um, yeah. And that's so powerful that, that that is what your work is centered around and not just the work of Docs and Slops, but your conviction as individuals. Um, I think that's a powerful perspective for clinicians to have to ponder on what is, is what does it look like to be Ubuntu for Abantu, to really to be the representation of humanity for the patients that you serve. And what does it look like for those of us who care about making it better for the clinicians to, to have that be their story um, and to enable clinicians to tell a different story. I'm so deeply moved by, by how you guys think, by by what you're working towards. Um, do you guys have any, have any last thoughts of encouragement to your peers? Any, any perspective you think, if, if you could encourage them to leave, let one idea go, what would it be? I think to the biggest encouragement that I could give um, would be to just take the, the dreams that you have and the things that you think aren't really possible and just give it a go, just try. Um, because nobody ever got there without trying. And I know that's really cliche, but I think it's really true. Um, and the journey of Docs and Slops for us has been eye-opening along every step of the way. And we've been so incredibly chuffed about the different things that we've found and different things that we've seen. And it's very much still in its infancy, um, but we're still so excited for the future that it has to be held. And um, for conversations like this, um, and and the excitement and the doors that it, that it's going to still open, and I think that would be my greatest message is just to have a go, um, dare to dare and and go for it. Dare to dare, I love that, Matt. Mm, Rana, <laughs> yes, I wrote that. I wrote that one down. That's <laughs> <laughs> a quotable for real. <laughs> yeah, that yes, hundred percent. Like, I think, Lerato, as you, were, as you were asking that question, the, the quote that came to me the most was that one, I'm not 100% sure who said it, and I'm probably going to get, uh, you know, like, absolutely slaughtered for not knowing it, but, but um, it's, it is exactly, exactly what Rana said, and it's our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure, you know, like, I get the flip and goosebumps, you know, when, like, thinking about that, it's just, it, it is just that, like, you cannot go to bed thinking that you are one tiny human on a planet and, you know, like, in this whole solar system and universe and that everything you do is inadequate and that you can't make a difference. Like, you are so beyond that, like, and just just breathing and just being here is a miracle, you know? Like, anything you, anything you do can be so powerful. Like, the smallest thing, literally getting a patient a cup of water when they're, mm. you know, like you think like you take it for granted, but like things like that are just so powerful. Like to that patient, it means the world to them, you know, like in that moment. And that that's it. It's just, you are so powerful in every moment and you have the choice to be powerful every day and in every single ounce of our lives. Sure. 
Thank you so much to both of you for the work that you are doing. And thank you for giving me the opportunity to listen. <laughs> it's not very often um, I, I can be silent in an interview. And I really enjoyed hearing how you guys experience, see, and, and show up for this healthcare sector. And I want to honor you for the work that you guys are doing with Docs and Slops. And I truly hope that, that the fire that Matt speaks of would be something that burns more and more and more in both of you because we definitely need your light and we need the way you're going to show up. So I just want to ask if any of you are willing to take it, where can people find you? How can they engage your platforms? Just share a little bit about where you are um, yeah, and how people can reach you. At, at the moment, um, we are on Instagram. Um, the Instagram handle is at docs in slops. So it's docs underscore in underscore slops. Um, but it's a fairly unique name. So I don't think there'll be any issues in finding us. Um, we hope in future to get onto a um, web platform as well. But Instagram is our main platform at the moment. Um, and yeah, you can definitely send us a personal message on Instagram as well. If there's anything else that anybody is interested in. Um, we're very happy to to communicate on the platform. And yeah, just the really the biggest thanks from us, Lorata, to be able to chat to you this evening, um, to be able to share some stories, share some ideas. Um, and thank you as well for, for the work that you do with Young MD. Um, I think it's really incredible to to focus on the healing power of, of doctors and mm -hmm. of healthcare workers. And I think it's something that we so often forget that we have. Um, we so often forget that's the reason that we went into it in the first place. And I think it's fantastic to be able to focus on that. Um, so thank you so much for having us this evening. Thank you both for joining me. I look forward to connecting with you beyond this because I believe in the work that you're doing. And I think um, our, our values are, are very aligned and, you know, we'll do better if we go together. So well done and thank you. <laughs> thank you, Lorato. You've been incredible. Thank you, guys. What an absolutely refreshing dialogue with two absolutely inspired clinicians. And I just want to remind us of some important things that both Matt and Ryan highlighted that really, really need to assist us as we journey towards caring perspectives that ensure the right things die. One of the narratives or stories that Ryan shared on was the story of the starfish and how important it is to recognize that in everything that we do, it matters what it will mean for one person as we journey towards making this healthcare system a system we want to serve in. We need to recognize the power of making small changes and seeing that when we do that as a collective, there's so much power and impact that can be experienced, not just by the clinicians, not just by the patients we are serving, but by the clinicians who are serving in the sector as well. And I really thought that that analogy and that story was a great reminder of the collective power we can have when we engage the problems one by one. Another important thing that they highlighted for us was the value of having catalysts around us who incite and ignite change. Very early on in the podcast, Ryan and Matt shared passionately about how this whole experience with them started at the dinner table. And that's such a common experience for many of us. We often find ourselves while we're working through the corridors or going to do blads, having conversations about the system and the challenges we're facing and how we can fix it. And it's so important for us to find 
where in our environments we can experience catalysts for change so that we actually go ahead and move beyond conversation into action. On that very note, one of the most powerful things that I think Matt highlighted was that no one who isn't in the system already is coming to save us. That nobody is going to care as much as we can care about making a difference in South African healthcare. That ultimately these problems that we're seeing, that we're noticing, are our burden. And because they are our burden, we are ultimately the people who can have the greatest impact in solving them. Matt also reminded us that each and every one of us has a fire. And at YoungMD, our slogan is Dare to be Great because we also believe, the way the Docs and Slops guys do, that it's going to be the collective effort of everybody in the system working their fire to ensure that South African healthcare comes to a place of serving patients and serving or in, and enabling clinicians to serve its patients in a way that we have always hoped and dreamed it could when each of us stand in our light or in our fire. I hope that absolutely encouraged you. And most importantly, it's so encouraging to know that truly speaking, there is a network and a growing generation of clinicians who are caring and who are intentional about innovating. Ryan highlighted that there's a growing body of people that they're finding and that they're being exposed to that's making it easier to believe that making a change, no matter how small, is possible in the sector. And I hope that this platform more and more becomes that source of inspiration for you, that once a week you can come here and find incredible insight or find small reminders about how simple it can be to start something that will resonate with your peer group and most importantly start to make the difference you hope to see in this sector. I'm so deeply moved and so deeply inspired by the work that they're doing and so encouraged to know that the future of South African healthcare looks better because we're going to be fighting collectively to make simple solutions for clinicians and to ensure that patients have a better experience of healthcare. That is all I have for you on this week's podcast, but you know how we roll. We don't close a podcast without encouraging each other with a word of prayer. And this week, as I was thinking about what I would ask for, I was really just reminded of the word courage. And if you look up the definition for courage on the Google dictionary, it is the ability to do something that frightens one, synonymous with bravery, strength in the face of pain or grief. And I truly believe that if we put clinicians in the room and ask them how many of them are courageous or brave, they wouldn't put that as one of the first synonyms to describe themselves. They might use words like resilient or tenacious, um, but not courageous. But I really want to remind you guys that that is exactly what you have been doing for the past year and a bit. In January, when they announced the first um, case of coronavirus in Wuhan last year, we were all sort of like, ah, very far away. Then it eventually trickled down to every country across the globe and you were the ones who were scurried to the front as the frontline heroes to fight the fight. And for many of you, that may have been something you didn't want to volunteer but had to do it anyway. And that is courage. It's the ability to do something that frightens you. It's bravery. And I just want to remind you all that you have all been so incredibly courageous. 
And while you are journeying through what it means to be brave and be be courageous in in your work life, I know that there are many areas in your personal lives as well that can make it sometimes difficult to show up into that space um, and be courageous. But I want to remind you that you have a tangible example, and that example is yourself, a tangible example of moments when you were terrified and afraid and discouraged but showed up to a space anyway. And I hope you can take that same truth and same energy and that same proof into the areas of your life that require you to be courageous. For some of you, it's standing up and showing up with the ideas that you believe you have for South African healthcare. For some of you, it's taking authority over your self-care. For some of you, it's taking better care of your mental health. Wherever the areas in your life are where you need to show up and be courageous, I want to remind you that courage is something you have and courageous is something you've been doing for a long time. And with that, I just want to close in prayer. Great God that you are, I come before you and I thank you so much for the opportunity to gather here with clinicians and share ideas and share truths about what we believe South African healthcare can look like when we are equipped and empowered to become healers. I pray, dear Holy Spirit, for these dear clinicians and my listeners who are here, some of them doubting the capacity they have to continue on in the areas or the spaces in their lives where they need to be courageous. I ask, dear God, that you would remind them daily of the tangible examples when they showed up to their world with great courage. I pray that you would strengthen them for the missions you set before them. And I pray that you would remind them that each and every one of them has value to add. Show them the unique ways they can show up in their space so that it's better not just for the patients that they serve not just for the peers that are around them but for them for the very reason that they personally chose to show up to this healthcare sector as a clinician i pray that you would ignite that fire again bring back that hope remind them of their courage in jesus name amen thank you so much for joining me today i love you and i made it i'll see you next week This podcast is proudly brought to you by YoungMD. If you wish to be the official sponsor or partner of the Becoming Healers podcast, kindly visit our website at www.youngmd.co.za to find out how you can get in touch.